mercy and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is from the epistle reading for today from Philippians. And I'll just read a couple of verses again. Being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that's above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And similarly from Hebrews chapter 12, the first two verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Lord, sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Christian friends, back in 1971, when Christine and I were newly weds, we attended a retreat in Medang, Papua New Guinea, led by Dr. Peter Byerhouse from Germany. Byerhouse had been a missionary in South Africa. He knew how prone missionaries are to depression. Being away from their families and friends and adjusting to a new country with a strange language that you needed to learn. So every morning before our Bible study sessions, he got us to sing. One song I remember has this simple theme, Joy, joy, my heart is full of joy. Joy, joy, my heart is full of joy. My Saviour dear is ever near me. That's the reason why my heart is full of joy. Now, I could sing it, but I won't. It's, uh, I think it has a, an African song. It's, it's a lovely one. Last Sunday, Pastor Jenke preached on Philippians. Our epistle readings are coming from there at present. On the theme, Christians have a sure thing, a sure thing in life, a sure thing even in death. Even though Paul was a prisoner of the Roman state when he wrote Philippians, even though he faced an uncertain future, his main concern was that Christ may be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. As far as he was concerned, Paul wrote, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And Pastor Jenke commented, we all love this life with its blessings and opportunities, but we should look forward to heaven as a joy. I'm reminded of a sermon I heard in our seminary chapel when I was a student there. Dr. Henry Harmon was preaching on Luke chapter 10. Jesus had just sent out 70 disciples two by two to preach the gospel in his name. They reported back exuberant, full of themselves. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus calms them down. Don't rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Dr. Harmon focused especially on verse 20. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. 
His sermon had two parts. This rejoicing is pure, sorry, yeah, this rejoicing is pure, unlike the disciples rejoicing at their own spiritual powers. This rejoicing about their names being written in heaven, this rejoicing, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> this rejoicing is pure about our names being written in heaven. And then he went on, this rejoicing is sure. Very simple outline for a sermon. This rejoicing is pure. This rejoicing is sure. Yes, indeed, we're not to rejoice at our own spiritual accomplishments, our own good works, our own deeds as Christian people. This kind of rejoicing is easily contaminated by a natural egoism. But our greatest joy is knowing that our names are written in heaven, inscribed in God's great book of life. Ever since we were baptised into Christ, christened, that's a lovely word, baptised into Christ, so christened, and our sins were washed away. And now this morning we rejoice that little Henry's name is also written in heaven. And this rejoicing is sure. Paul's letter to the Philippians is the happiest of all of his 13 letters. He had wonderful memories of God's people in that Macedonian city, Philippi. Devout families like Lydia's, a dealer in purple cloth, a fairly wealthy woman, whose heart the Lord opened to listen eagerly to Paul's message. Lydia and her household were baptised and she prevailed on Paul and his colleague Silas to stay at her home. Then there was the jailer and his family, the jailer who'd heard Paul and Silas praying and singing hymns to God at midnight. Even though they were in the innermost cell in the prison and their feet were fastened in the stocks. Lydia's family and the jailer's family formed the nucleus of that Philippi congregation, Philippian congregation, that gave Paul enormous joy. He thanked God every time he remembered them, as he writes at the beginning of his letter, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you. I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love, the same sympathy for each other, etc. And this theme of joy in Christ hearts full of joy in Christ, sounds out throughout the whole letter. I won't quote all the references, you may like to check it out. Culminating in chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always, again I will say rejoice. And isn't this what the Christian faith is all about? As Paul blesses the Christians in Rome, now may the God of hope fill you, with all joy and peace in believing, Romans 15, 13. While I'm there, I, Christine and I and, and the Bucks and some others are attending a retreat at uh, the McGill Church uh, this weekend. And uh, the speaker is a pastor from Texas, Austin, Texas. And... Um, and he's in a church in Austin, Texas, where they have a, a deaf congregation. And he's been busy learning American Sign Language and he's having a lot of fun learning Australian Sign Language, which is Auslan. 
And one thing I was very interested, I, I managed to follow at least, uh, two different words for hope in sign language. Two different words for hope. There's one, you know, you might, you know, crossing your fingers, <laughs> where you don't know how things are going to turn out, but you hope for the best. That's one word for hope. The word for Christian hope, that assurance that comes with the Christian hope, that our names are written in heaven, is, look, I can't do it, but something like this, coming down with that heavenly assurance upon us. Yes, uh, so ask someone at McGill who's into it and they'll <laughs> give you the exact sign language equivalent. It's a sure hope the Christian hope, unlike our wishful thinking. This theme, as I say, echoes through all Paul's letters, based as they are on the Gospels. Jesus, the saviour of the world, isn't a killjoy. Though thousands of people shy away from him these days and turn their backs on him as if he'll just spoil their fun. As Paul writes in Philippians 3, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly. Think of the endless cooking shows on television. <laughs> and their glory, not a very big God, although with some of us it might get a bit too big at times. But, uh, their God is their belly. Their, mind, their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven and it's from there that we're expecting a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation, the body that humiliates us more and more as we get older. The, he will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. Sadly, we live in a highly individualistic age, don't we? A time when it's all about the holy, the unholy trinity, me, myself and I. People don't want to hear about suffering. They don't want to know about the way of the cross, that the way to the joy of heaven is not via my ambitions for myself, but through the unselfish service of others. Let's conclude by listening again to our epistle for this morning. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, meaning he was true God and is true God, did not regard equality with God as something to be held on to, something to be clung to. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And just to spell that out a bit, every knee in heaven would be the uh, holy angels, the saints who are already in glory on earth, people living on earth, that's straightforward, 
and under the earth, that might be, sounds a bit puzzling at first, but that's a reference um, um, probably to Satan and the demons and those who are with them in hell. And everyone, every knee of every person in the world shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I started with a little song, Joy, Joy, My Heart is Full of, full of Joy, 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 My Heart is Full of Joy, My Saviour dear is ever near me, that's the reason why my heart is full of joy. I'd like to end with another little song based on Philippians 2 verse 9 about God wholly exalting him and giving him the name above every name. Jesus' name, how does it go? Jesus' name above all names. of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.